Welcome to this episode of Destination Linux, episode number 315. Destination Linux is a video podcast from the Tux Digital Network. If you're new to the show, Destination Linux is a podcast perfect for all experience levels. Whether you're brand new to open source or a guru of sudo, this is the show for you. My name is Ryan. I'm Michael. And I'm Jill. On this week's episode of Destination Linux, we will be discussing the Linux kernel 6.2 and all of its glorious wonder. Or if you're Linus, he's not super excited about 6.2. But we'll get into that later in the show. Then we're going to talk about open source wrestling robots powered by Michael AI. Maybe. Plus, we have mm -hmm. our tips, tricks, and software picks. All of this coming up right now on Destination Linux. This week in our community feedback, we have some feedback from Ken. If you want to send in your own feedback, go to tuxdigital.com slash contact, get in touch and send us an email or join our forum. We're also on Discord. So if you want to hang out, game with the community, chat about Linux, go to tuxdigital.com slash Discord. Ken goes on to say, I would like to give my two cents about comparing the Steam Deck to the Nintendo Switch, particularly when okay. the comparisons are done in a way that put the switch in a negative light. If the switch is so bad, I don't remember saying it's so bad, but maybe we just say the I really Steam Deck didn't is like so it. good compared yeah. to the switch. The Steam Deck is so good. It's not really a thing about the switch being so bad, bad necessarily. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Then why is the Steam Deck built around its switch's form factor? Got you, Michael. Well, we can, we both, I mean, we can all agree that the form factor of the Switch is a good idea. I mean, yeah. even the idea of taking the controls off, that's something I want to see on the Steam Deck. That's a very cool idea. The form factor is not the problem of the Switch. Mm -hmm. No, I agree with that. I oh. actually love the form factor of the Switch. I love some of the Me cool too. things the Switch can do. So maybe we should have talked about that more, Ken. And in fairness, we should have mentioned, like, there are some really cool things sure. about the Switch. What I didn't like about the Switch when I bought them, one for each member of my family, so it's not like I wasn't vested into this, was the insane amount of money that everything keeps costing. Like a lot of oh, services yeah. have family share for their internet and you can get games that you really want at a really good price. Like Steam, you can do that, of course, with, with uh, Xbox and PlayStation. You get games monthly with their subscription service. Nintendo, it was like, Every game you would want to play was at least 60 bucks. And so, and you'd have to buy it three or four times if you had three or four members of your family on there. So those were the things that I felt like when I had the Switch, I was constantly being gouged for more and more and more money. Now, keep in mind, the Switch wasn't for me personally. It was to play games with the family. So everyone had one. And that's where the problem came in. If I just had a Switch and it was just for me and I was just setting up these services for me, it wouldn't be a big deal. It's like, it's a family device though. Yeah. There it's wasn't not $60, a lot of... it's $60 times however many people you want to play exactly. the game. Exactly. So yeah. it just started getting so expensive and I was like, this is just insane. And then simple things like family controls where mm -hmm. initially I set my daughter's age on the Nintendo Switch and there was a game that she wanted to play that technically, I guess, Nintendo didn't feel was appropriate for age, fine, but as a adult i was like among us should be fine for a six-year-old so i want to go ahead and play among us but it wouldn't let me change it like it said hey no you set her birthday here there is no changing it period oh. so you you know in xbox and other things usually you have a family control center that allows you to set parameters and change those and adapt that stuff and say no I'll, i know this is not necessarily at her age but i'm gonna go ahead and play it with her and go ahead and allow it, the Nintendo Switch didn't allow that. So everything we bought on that profile and set up wouldn't allow her to play games with us. It was just everywhere I was going, I was getting cornered. It was the software setup of Nintendo Switch that I didn't like. In any yeah. case, we go on to say, uh, like the Steam Deck, there are also great games under $60 and free ones too. Sure, maybe not the ones I wanted to play, but I'm sure they're out there. But also like the the Steam Deck allows you to play those games on not just the Steam Deck, you know? And also yeah. the fact that the prices are like, you have the family sharing thing on Steam Deck. You can play the same game and only buy it one time, which right. is a, what you were talking about earlier. Like the fact that that's an option just makes the Steam Deck a more appealing thing in many ways. Yeah. He goes on to say the Switch is a portable video game console. Steam Deck's a portable computer. It also plays games. 
I, I, I understand the, per, the point of that, but I would argue that the Steam Deck is a portable game console that also it can work as a computer because that's how they promote it. That's how they focus all the updates. That's how the interface is made. You can go to the desktop, but it's not the default thing you do. The default thing is the gaming console. Yeah, like PlayStation 5, you can do web browsers. Xbox, sure. you can do web browsers. Mm-hmm. You can do computer stuff. You can plug a keyboard and mouse into them. Yep. You can do computer stuff in them. But to me, yeah, I think that's a big advantage of the Steam Deck. Ken goes on to say, every game made for the Switch will play on the Switch out of the box. Not every game that can be played on the Steam Deck will play out of the box. There's games that are specified that they are for the Steam Deck, and it's the same thing. It's a cons- It's If you have a game that is made for the Switch, it will only work on the Switch. If you have a game that will made, is made for the Steam Deck, it will work on the Steam Deck and other things. So this is this, this is very different because... Not every game will work on the Steam Deck. That's true. But every game that they say will work on the Steam Deck does. Yeah. yeah. And there are thousands of games that do that don't say that that aren't verified yet. <laughs> and they work. Yeah. But that's just an extra yeah. bonus, right? Yeah. Bonus <laughs> that you're not you're not gonna have some games on Xbox and PC that play on Switch that yeah. aren't meant for it. Whereas the Steam Deck, you have that option. Ken goes on number five point is there might not even be a Steam Deck without the Switch. I mean, I don't know. You had the you had the PS Vita. Mm-hmm. You know, you had sure. a lot of game consoles that came out like this beforehand. I'd say PS yeah. Vita was probably one of the closest. You have the, all the GPD gaming consoles that came True. out as well. I mean, maybe, maybe not. I think the Steam Deck form factor is very clearly based on the Switch. But that's also not necessarily a reason why it wouldn't exist. I mean, I think the Switch is a good example of like, hey, this market is rife with possibility and potential. And they were convinced by that. So they're like, okay, we're going to go this direction. So in that sense, I would say that it was probably relevant in some way, but it could could exist without it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Ken goes on to finally say, I don't have a problem comparing the Steam Deck to the Switch, but I just wish it wasn't done negatively. I have nothing against the Steam Deck. The only reason I don't own one is I just can't afford it. Thanks for the great podcasts and websites. Keep up the great work, Ken. Big Tux Digital fan. So, Ken, I know like when we have an opinion on something and... Ryan can be very harsh. Yes, I may may be like too passionate about... Because I get frustrated with things that should be... Like the best experience, in my opinion, for a family should be on Nintendo Switch. My family should have had the greatest experience where the kids and me and my wife could all play games together without having to spend $180 on a single game to play it with them, to be able to share, family share our online accounts easily amongst the accounts, to be able to have good, strong family management plans to protect what they can do and stuff. To me, that's what the Nintendo Switch brings that an Xbox or PS5 doesn't that's not who they're catering to they're more teenagers adults yes they have kids stuff on them but nintendo's that family thing and i i was so disappointed after spending at the end of it between the switches and all the stuff over a grand on this stuff to figure out like i'm so limited it's not even fun nobody in my family is having fun with it does that make the switch bad of course not the switch is an amazing console that's why i wanted to get it to begin with and and try to experience it plus i love some of nintendo's ips breath of the wild with zelda mario mm-hmm. brothers all awesome. that breath of the wild was one of my favorite games that year when it came out it was just absolutely blew me away so it's not really a matter of to me in, in your question of like you can't afford it, i would sell your switch and get a steam deck i think you'll have more fun but if you love the Switch, there's there's nothing wrong with that. It just didn't work for yeah. me, and that was probably why uh, I may have come across a little too negative on it, but I appreciate the feedback, Ken, as always, yeah. and I'm glad you're enjoying your Switch, and maybe it's changed since it's been a long time since I've played with the Switch. The last time I played with it is when they just dropped the OLED version, so if they've up- made a bunch of updates since then, it could be a better experience, but if I was to do it today, I'd get everyone in my family Steam Deck just because it's just more flexible. Yeah, and also like the reason why I'm a fan of the Steam Deck over the Switch. I mean, I've used a Switch, and I do I do appreciate what it is, and it is fun. Like a lot of the games are fun, especially the Nintendo exclusive games, like the Breath of the Wild, like you mentioned. But also like the fact that the Steam Deck is more appealing to me because mm-hmm. I already have a library of games that will work on the Steam Deck, and I don't have to pay an extra thing. And I have hundreds of games that are still available to me. That is so. Like my like game changing in that sense because all really? I have to do is yeah. get the device and then boom I have a ton of games already like that's that in itself 
is one of the reasons why the Steam Deck is such a impactful console to have. And that's one reason. I think that's the main reason I'm a big fan of it. Yes, the hardware is great and it works well, but the fact that I don't have to buy new games just because it's on this platform, that's just fantastic. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and thank you, Ken, for the feedback and all your kind words. Thank you so much. And I also agree with you that the Steam Deck form factor was inspired by the Switch. Yeah, although, probably. you know, although there's been a lot of aftermarket controllers that you can hook to tablets in the past, there's been the Wii U controller and other devices that have that form factor, but the Switch did one of the best jobs of that when it came out. So it was a natural for Valve to copy that form factor. And it just it just made sense to mm -hmm. hold in your hands. Yeah. One of the other cool things, though, about uh, the Steam Deck, the Nintendo Switch system software OS, is, is it's actually a combination of FreeBSD and Android and Nintendo's own proprietary core. But it doesn't completely run an open source operating system like the Steam Deck does with Linux. It runs Arch. What's that, Jill? Arch? Oh, Arch. Yeah. Arch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like Ryan knew yeah. someone was going to mention Arch on this episode, so he wore a hat to show it. I mean, so, Steam, yeah, that, Valve that, knew what OS to choose. That, that's why it's so important to us, you know, of course, because it's open source software. It's uh, Valve and the CEO of Valve, Gabe Newell, is trying to put Linux in the hands of people, not just for gaming, but for desktop use. Yep. Absolutely. No, I think that's well yeah. said. Yeah. I think that this is a, I, I think one of the things too, when you were talking, I was thinking about that I did enjoy about the Nintendo Switch is the removable Joy-Cons. And mm -hmm. even though there's the floating Joy-Con nice. gate issue, which in Nintendo Switch world is basically the Joy-Cons constantly have this bug in them where the, it starts to break down and float your cursor around randomly and stuff that Nintendo didn't really take good responsibility for fixing which I'll mention is also frustrating considering how much people spend on this. Um, but I love the fact that you have the detachable Joy-Cons yeah. and that you could have a little kickstand on the back and then you could have two people playing the Switch if it was a two-player game like that on that little screen and you could dock it and turn it into yeah. a full console. There's a lot of cool stuff they did. Yeah. I, I still think Steam Deck there. took it to the <laughs> next level, but that's what happens. That's the whole point of competition, right? You have somebody create something that's cool and someone says, I'm going to take that and make it better. And I think that's what Steam Deck has done in a lot of cases. Not everything's better, but I think they've done a lot of, enough better to make it appealing to a lot of people. By the way, you know one of the most popular things we had at our booth last year at Scale was? The Steam Deck. Well, the Steam Deck. But well, that yeah. was definitely the Steam Deck. One yeah. of the most popular is the Steam Deck. The most popular is Jill. Yes, oh. yes. We had both at our booth, which means it was a popular booth. We had Jill and the Steam Deck. Uh, people love to come up and just play with the Steam Deck because at that point, it was really hard to get a hold of them. And the good news is we're going to scale like next week. Like That's right. We'll be, we'll be at scale. on uh, The event is March 9th through the 12th. We're gonna be there. It's gonna and if you if you are able to join us, you will be having the best time of your life. We've mentioned this in previous episodes, mm -hmm. but we we can't say it too much. There's no yeah. way to express it like the full level of awesomeness that you will experience when you go true. to true. scale to meet us. It's just it's it's unimaginable, really. Yeah, it it, it is. Wow, wow, it Michael. Is. <laughs> Why are you laughing, Michael? If you're going to say something's unimaginable, you Aww. can't laugh afterwards. Well, if, if you didn't, the audio-only people wouldn't have known I was laughing if you didn't say nothing. <laughs> but it I'm will be so, a lot of fun. Yeah, I'm so happy that my Destination Linux family and Tux Digital family have now become my scale family every year. That's, That's right. It's very That's special right. to me. Yes. And also, Ryan and I will be having a foot race at scale <laughs> so we can really see who is the best at running at scale. I thought, I thought we were going to thumb wrestle, but if you want to... I mean, race, that dude. no, that that's the, we're going to do the AI robot wrestling later in the show, so okay, like that, we'll, we'll, we'll get to that. that. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to participate in that, probably not, but the <laughs> the uh, thumb wrestling can't work because of my weak thumbs, but the uh, the racing, the running at scale, that's going to be... We're going to make sure... It would be interesting to see if you're faster than me since you have super ultra-stupidly long legs. Like it's and I have, it's not that you, you bad. take you take like eight steps equivalent to my one. So there's you know yeah. you might be faster. You I'm know? not on stilts, but yeah, I might be faster. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so let's we, we'll have to find out that we're gonna do that in our parkour session as well. 
Nice. Yes. <laughs> now, Michael, one of the special things that's happening this year at Scale is we're being sponsored to go to Scale this that's year. That's right. We're, we're big time now. Not only do I have a Stanley Cup, which for those watching the video version, you can look at and all and ooh over, but we've made it so big now, we also have a sponsor, an amazing sponsor that's going to help us get to Scale. Like this is happening thanks to them. Uh, that's right. To get us there. And that sponsor is Linbit. So for those who are not familiar, Linbit has been keeping digital businesses running for over 20 years. They're the makers of open source products like DRBD, which offers high availability and that has been part of the Linux kernel since 2001. And they also make LinStore, which is an industry-leading open source software-defined storage. Linbit is run by its founders to this day, and all of its engineers are, and developers are in-house with offices in Europe and North America, so they offer global 24-7 support to complement all of their enterprise offerings. Linbit has an active presence in the open source community as well, and they collaborate with the community to help identify and build new features in their products. Linbit provides enterprise-grade software that runs on a variety of platforms and operating systems without the vendor lock-in that you would typically see and of a lot of other products. With DRBD and LinStore, you can have high-speed replicated block storage in almost any configuration, whether it's Kubernetes, Apache Cloud, or Open Nebula. There's even DRBD proxy for long-distance replication. So visit linbit.com to learn more about the people behind Linbit and how they can help with your open source partnering for block storage and more. And a special thanks to Linbit for sponsoring us to get yes. to scale. That is so Yay. incredibly awesome of you guys. Yay. So make sure oh, to support yes. them and check out limbit.com. That's fantastic. Yeah. And you could go see their booth at scale. Cool. <laughs> yes. Michael might be there too. And yeah. me and Jill. Yeah. Could be. Are we invited, Michael? Are we all invited to the <laughs> Linbit booth? Am I allowed to show up? I'll talk to them. I'll talk to them for you on your behalf to see if it's okay. <laughs> but I mean, they they want me there. But Ryan, I don't know. We'll I've been kicked out a lot of booths. <laughs> I don't know. So we'll, we'll have to see. Yeah. You're not famous enough, Ryan. <laughs> what? I have a Stanley Cup. <laughs> yes, but I have a I have a sports bottle, sir. Wow. Okay. Way way to throw your money around in my face, Michael. Thanks a lot. <laughs> Let's get into the main topic here this week, which is the Linux kernel six point two. Now. Talking about the Linux kernel, people might be like, that's kind of boring. It's Linux mm -mm. kernel, whatever. No. I don't think it's boring at all because it's this our bread is and butter. Yeah. the In foundation fact, how dare you of people. Linux. Yeah. How dare you. dare you think that it's boring? Oh, we're going to make <laughs> it exciting for you here. We're going to talk about what's going on in 6.2, even though Linus himself wasn't too excited about this particular release. How dare you, Linus? <laughs> how dare I know, you? but he's, he does that every release. Yeah, he kind of talks it down. He's kind of yeah. like the Scotty in engineering where he you know, yeah. always says it's going to take longer or talks down. What <laughs> All right, so the main component of Linux operating system for those new listeners, of course, is the Linux kernel. And 6.2 has some amazing things in it. Number one, implementation of compute accelerator subsystem. That's a lot, but basically this is to help with machine learning, deep learning, AI, and it's going to be integrated in the DRM subsystems. So for those who are getting into that type of stuff, which open source and Linux is amazing for, you've got some more enhancements there. You've got the native Intel Arc graphics support. Nice. Which there's someone in our patron room that has an Intel Arc card box sitting in their background, but they refuse to send it to us. I'm not going to say their name, Joshua Strobel, but they should really... <laughs> really consider letting us play with the Intel Arc because it's pretty yes. cool that they've got one of those. But the Intel Arc users can rejoice because now in this version, you previously had to do some manual intervention to get the full power out of the Intel Arc. But now in 6.2, it's just going to be plug and play, just like AMD and just how it should be. That's there were a cool. couple of things you had to manually do to kind of make it use its full power uh, before, and that's fixed. So and Intel's been a longtime player and supporter of the Linux kernel, so I'm not surprised. I'm actually surprised it took this long to get Yes, that's really the only surprising thing. But also, to be fair to Intel, they have been taking forever to get their GPU out in the first place, so maybe that's the reason. That's true, and it's yeah. not exactly been the most exciting GPU, but we have a third competitor, and AMD wasn't that's exciting when they joined either. And, mm -hmm. you know, they bought ATI and slowly have turned yes. around that it's ship. It's been so. many years since right. they were actually like being competitors until they actually until they became competitors that people really wanted to get their hardware. So, yeah. you they know, were room heaters, they were definitely good room heaters for a while there. Yeah, there's there's always pros and cons, you know. Yeah. As long as you look on the bright side of your <laughs> over overheating hardware, it's all you got to do. Exactly. 
And the Nouveau driver update is pretty awesome. So you remember when we talked about NVIDIA was open sourcing some parts of their code, not everything, not what we right. really wanted. But and we also were wondering, will this ever come to fruition of any valuable to mm -hmm. anything? Yeah. And it seems like that is the case here. Yeah, absolutely. So now uh, the cards currently would not run at full clock frequencies and they would be limited to their low boot clock frequency. And then open source kind of threw us a little bit of a bone. And since they open source some of those module modules, the developers uh, have been able to basically take advantage of the NVIDIA GPU system processor on Turing and newer GPUs and can handle the instruction sets much better, which to me, I'm already like pumped about 6.2. I mean, the rest of you won't be able to experience it, but on Arch, I can get it today, which is really exciting. But I'm already excited about all of this. I can get it in Fedora, just as not just yeah. as fast, but pretty fast in comparison. <laughs> Actually, sometimes Fedora is faster than Arch. That is true. Sometimes yeah. it is faster. Yeah. That is true. And in fact, sometimes it's faster on a lot of different things, uh, even desktop releases and stuff like that. Yeah. But th this is cool for, for anybody who's an NVIDIA user because... One of the biggest issues with NVIDIA is that when you first start installing Linux, you have to deal with the fact that you don't have a good experience until you install proprietary drivers. This right. is going to improve that experience out of the box. Yeah. And then you, for doing certain things, you still probably will need the, G, the, the proprietary drivers for the NVIDIA GPU just because there's some stuff that's not accessible to the Nouveau drivers because while they open source some things, it wasn't that much. And the Nouveau people are just using what they have available to them to make it as good as it can even though they know that they're fighting NVIDIA along the way. So I just want to, first of all, thank the Nuvo team for fighting NVIDIA along the way to make it yeah. possible. <laughs> uh, but also, if you are an NVIDIA user, you still might want to look into proprietary stuff. But there is something else in the 6.2 Linux kernel that is very cool, and that is Ooh. support for the Sony PlayStation controllers. Now, we've talked about PlayStation controllers getting support thanks to Sony there even themselves go. developing Ryan the support in the kernel. But now the PS4 and the PS5 controller support is baked right into the kernel. This is super helpful. You know how annoying it is to get a controller working outside of Steam if you don't have that support built right in? And oh, yeah. it wasn't so long ago that I took this PS5 controller and was trying to get it working on a distro and it was not doing well outside of Steam. Of course. But I also got this other thing, PS4 and PS5 related, which is kind of interesting. You see this right here in your face for people who are just listening to the audio? This is the PS5 backbone. So what you do is it turns your phone into a controller. And I'm going to be bringing this what? to scale. Ah, so it makes it so look like a switch. <laughs> or a Steam Deck. That's what I was going to get. We were talking <laughs> yeah. about Ken earlier yeah. about this. And this yeah. turns, look, they stole the form factor. And yes. this, you just plug your phone in. It's got the nice PlayStation logo, of course, sitting there in the back. And you can play That's your regular mobile cool. games and you can stream your PlayStation and you can stream Steam to your phone as well and play some of those oh, games. Oh, nice, there, Ryan. Which is kind of cool. cool. So I'll have that at scale if people want to check that out. But I love the fact we got PS5 I want to check that out. support so. in. Yeah. And there's other hardware here. We got updates for AMD RDNA 3 GPUs, uh, enablement for Intel's upcoming Meteor Lake chips, uh, persistent memory devices for RISC-V processor architecture. Who's not excited about this? Yeah, this is a... It's, so much enablement in, in a yeah. point release here. Yeah, absolutely. And there's also something big uh, networking-wise coming down the pipeline in uh, Linux kernel 6.2. There, uh, th This kernel is uh, preparing for the future with the networking subsystem, which is receiving some big improvements like 800 gigabytes per second network support. Woohoo! <laughs> this is that. currently in the preparation cool. stage, but can't can't you imagine, you know, that this is going to be of course helpful for a server side and AI and not and whatnot, but it'll eventually trickle server down side, to oh, us. <laughs> I want it. It'll yeah. eventually trickle down to us and <laughs> the speed of our modems. And uh, also the TCP kernel code can now handle proactive load balancing across switch links, which is Really, really important. Something I'm very happy about, the Linux kernel is still giving my retro computers love. Nice. So with the Linux kernel 6.2 release, the floppy driver is updated to fix the memory leak issue in the initialization process, which was a problem since the release of Linux kernel 5.11. This was an issue, actually, which would make reading of floppy disks slower than usual. 
And I oh, noticed something this, that impacts billions. Yes. Yeah, impacts billions out there. I, I respect the effort they're putting into floppy disk, even though no one puts any yeah. effort into floppy disk unless your name is Jill. Yeah. <laughs> well, there are some industries that still use them. Like uh, NASA uses them on their old uh, mission computers. That's uh, fair. From, that makes sense because every time yeah. NASA does something, it's usually like a 15-year delay or something yes. like that. <laughs> and they still keep the original computers around that run the old uh, you know, uh, missions. And, oh yeah, uh, that's great. I love that they do that when they when they yeah. keep everything, especially when you go back to the <laughs> stuff that they did in the '60s. Uh, there's these massive contraptions that they use to just they they literally have to flip a bit like manually yeah. to do stuff like that stuff. That's so amazing. And then now we have like Raspberry Pis with 4K yeah. displays. <laughs> it's, yep. it's amazing. Well, speaking of Raspberry <laughs> Pi with 4K display, that was improved too. Raspberry Pis can handle 4K at 60 hertz displays better in the 6.2 kernel. Just Ooh, another. Nice reason to pick it up yeah all right so all of this awesome stuff and this is what torvald's mailing list said because i just thought this was really funny right yeah he said okay. uh, we have a couple of small things that thorsten was tracking on the regression side but i wasn't going to apply any last minute patches he was really mad by the way about people trying to do last minute patches in 6.2 mm -hmm. he got on some people's case there's some articles out there every time he chews somebody out they always make articles immediately about it and I'm entertained by it, and I guess some people don't like it, but I think well, it's, it's funny, funny because this is something that he's annoyed by for a decade. Like he's constantly yeah. said, "Stop <laughs> trying to do last minute patches. I'm not going to do it," and they still yeah. try. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So this means, of course, the 6.3 merge window is already open, so we got more stuff to be excited about, and they already have 30 plus pull requests queued up. So I'm excited to know what those are going to be. But my favorite part is this last time. In the meantime, please do give 6.2 a testing. Maybe it's not a sexy LTS release like 6.1 ended up being, but all those regular pedestrian kernels want some test love too. So that's how he felt <laughs> wow. about this one. But <laughs> to me, it's super it's sexy. Huge. <laughs> yeah. It's huge. He's yeah. bringing sexy back with 6.2. I was sweet. pretty excited about it. A lot of cool stuff to play with. Lots there. of hardware enablement. It's 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 awesome. <laughs> but that's what excites me. Other people yeah. look at other things, but to me, seeing all the hardware enablement pieces, mm -hmm. that's when I see that in a kernel, I get really excited about that. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of cool stuff in there, especially with like the GPUs and everything, and also the controllers. A lot of people might not think this is a big deal, but if you think about it, for those who are not aware, in the gaming world, the Xbox controller is a super dominant controller in the PC world. Even on Linux, there's a lot of things mm -hmm. that pretend to be Xbox controllers. So the PS4 and the PS5 controllers be getting that much support baked in is very important because it allows you for, to, if you, depending on what controller you have, you don't have to worry about the compatibility and stuff anymore. So that's great. Yeah. Hey, Ryan. Yeah. You know what's also bringing sexy back? What? Linode. Oh, this of episode of Destination Linux is brought to you by Linode. Visit linode.com slash tux. That's linode.com slash T-U-X and see why over a million developers trust Linode for their infrastructure. Linode provides solutions and services to accelerate innovation where you can build everything yourself or use a one-click app from their plethora of options in Linode's app marketplace where you can deploy everything from Plesk and WordPress to Valheim and Minecraft servers. Linode even has VPN-friendly virtual servers so you can create secure connections over the internet, protecting you on public Wi-Fi and keeping your data private, as well as guarding you from malware. And if that wasn't enough, every plan with Linode's uh, comes with the amazing human-powered customer support. And you might be wondering, what is human-powered? Well, that means that if you need help, whether you're calling them on the phone, whether you're responding on email, whether you're sending a message on social media, they will get back in touch with you 24-7, 365 with a human being in that conversation. I don't get just, it. I'm not. I'm so confused. I know. It's it's so rare these days. It just, Who does but that? Lin, well, Linode does that, in oh. fact. So visit linode.com slash tux to create a free account. Plus, when you use that URL, you will let them know that we sent you, which is, of course, good for us. But you'll also get a 60-day $100 free credit when you go to set up your account at linode.com slash tux. That's linode.com slash T-U-X. So again, go get started on their awesome cloud platform by going to linode.com slash tux. And Michael, this week, me and you spent some time dropping servers, That's which right. sounds cool. Like we were dropping nodes. We were nice. getting servers up and running. We have our new Jitsi room which Jitsi itself has some settings we need to change. But other than that, it's perfect. It's got all the new features and all that stuff. Yes. All that dropped on Linode. We dropped a sexy new NextCloud, and we were able to do all of this really easily. We did it on the phone. We dropped both servers and set them up 
right there on the phone with each other. Yeah, it was very you easy. You did all the web stuff. I did all the server stuff. That's yep. how our relationship works. He does DNS. <laughs> I do the whole server thing. And it was really cool. Really easy to set up with all SSH keys, all that stuff to get in. It was beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah, super simple. And if you use the app marketplace, which we did on a few, we also built it from scratch on a couple because we wanted to have the experience of both. And both of them worked as expected. And the Break the breakdown of the marketplace, get, like just guide. It's basically just click some buttons, choose your configuration, then you're good to go. That's it. Create. Yep. AI is a very interesting thing that we've talked about on many episodes because of this wonderful thing that Ryan has created. And hopefully everyone has had a chance to marvel at the awesomeness that is Michael AI, yeah. the open source code that he wrote that is out there on GitHub. Check it out if you haven't. So, but we want to talk about something that is maybe something that Michael AI could be used for and give a big advantage for in the competition. And that's right, we're talking about a competition, but not just any competition. Today, we're revealing to you a new use for the state-of-the-art code, creating an AI-powered wrestling robot. I want one. Exactly, I want one. me too. That's right, the ICRA 2023 conference taking place from May 29th to June 2nd in London will bring together the world's top robotics researchers for academia and industry in an open source WrestleMania of sorts. <laughs> Each robot is equipped with a number of sensors and motors. The complete competition infrastructure it runs on GitHub and is fully open source, including the WebBots Robots Simulator. Although it requires some basic skills in software development and participation is open to anyone. So you can, if you want to participate, you can, but it does. there are requirements in order to participate. The robots can be programmed in Python, Rust, C, C++, Java, or ROS. There's no limitation on the software libraries or programming languages that can be used, but there's a lot of things that you can do. For example, if you wanted to teach your robot to do a rock bottom like The Rock or a Stone Cold uh -oh. Stunner, there might yeah. be a little bit extra programming inside of that. Somebody used to watch wrestling back when it was good. Is wrestling still good? It doesn't feel like it's still I good anymore. I don't know. I'm yeah. not I'm not going to judge it because I haven't seen it in years, but I but will robot say robot wrestling would be good that I'm still. excited for this for sure, yeah. And this IRCA, this is one of the largest and most prestigious events of the year in robotics, period. This is not just, there's an event there, this is the event we're talking about, but this is going to bring academics and researchers and industry representatives from all around the world here. And I love that open source is kind of getting this highlighted competition. And to make it easier for you, I have Michael AI out there that's written in Python. And Python is one of the codes you could see you could use. So my challenge to the community is to use Michael AI to make a wrestling robot. And you're going to get all the free publicity from this show because we work so well, guaranteed. We'll be yeah, like there you go. It's it's made for this kind of it application. It is made specifically for this, even though he did it years before knowing this existed. Yes, exactly. It was made specifically for this. Imagine and, the power. And the Michael AI robot, you need to program it to sit on a stool first before it, it goes to battle. Confuses the competitor by sitting on exactly. a stool. No, it hits him with the stool. That's a thing in yes, exactly. There you go. It's not a chair shot. It's a stool shot. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And, you know, we're sponsoring Wendy's. Wendy's done an amazing thing uh, mm -hmm. with the robotics and her children and her class, classroom that she works with um, to bring all the STEM uh, competitions in her local area and we're sponsoring them to travel because they started to win. So that's awesome. And I'm yeah. thinking we need to get Wendy to get up on this wrestling robots thing to, yes. you know, have her, all the kids that she's training in the STEM academics yeah. and things and do some wrestling robotics here and maybe make it next year to this big event. It's a challenge yes. out there for you, Wendy, because you <laughs> would kill it. And I would also love to see Wendy and her team do this. If she has enough time, her team is already busy <laughs> winning plenty of competitions. But not this one. We're <laughs> yes, going to win gotta everything. And by we, I mean yeah. Wendy. Yes, yeah. yes. <laughs> Michael AI will teach your robot to do a tombstool pile driver. And it will totally win the competition thanks to that move. <laughs> so just yeah. think about it for those Very who want to participate in the challenge. <laughs> Oh, this is so cool. It's virtual rock'em sock'em robots. <laughs> yeah. This would be fun. If I had skill, I would totally enter I know. into this. There's if a lot I of things skill. that we would do if yeah. we had skill. If only I had and skill. Time. Fortunately. <laughs> time. Yeah. Well, yeah. with enough time we can get skill, but we don't have the yeah. skill. So <laughs> Yeah. We, we don't have the time or Wendy the skill. Who has the skill exactly. Go in there. Exactly. Go. We'll just have Wendy and her team do that. 
This just shows yeah. you the popularity of, of open source, though, to be at this yeah. big event and have this competition here. That's why I want to bring it to the community. And if you're interested and in the London area, definitely check out getting involved in it. And if you do that, we'd like to have you on to talk yes. about you in the competition oh, and some of the things that you did, because I'd be interested to know more about this. I don't know if they stream it or whatever, but I hope they do. Yeah, that'd be cool. So, Jill, we may not have the skill set to go write our own AI bot or the time right now, but we have skill to play video games. So what's in our gaming spotlight this week? Well, uh, speaking of the virtual Rock'em Sock'em robots we just talked about, there is much fun to be had with the good real-time strategy RPG game where you're fighting enemies. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And this week we found one that just launched in February called Ruined Kingdom, and it's showing a lot of promise. And there have been lots of upgrades, levels, and even um, you can even fight as the enemy faction, which is, is a really, really cool yeah. me mechanic. I noticed a lot of the, uh, the positive feedback was in involving that you could, uh, talking about you can use enemy factions to fight. It's, you know, a real-time strategy um, RPG and reverse tower defense game, and you defeat the insolent humans, control the battlefield, defeat rival tribes, and you take control of any army of orcs fighting to conquer. <laughs> I love that line right there. Defeat yes. the insolent humans. I mean, I'm yes. sold right now. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And watching the demo, I really liked. It has beautiful hand-drawn 2D look. And it's got really nice uh, hand-drawn animations as well. Really beautiful to watch. And I can't, can't wait to sink some time into this because I like really good RPGs too. And especially ones where, you know, you're, you're actually playing the enemy faction instead of the reverse. It's kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, definitely. One of the uh, gems of feedback that the game got, Gamer states, I cannot believe how fun it became after we were given the opportunity to play as the enemy factions. I have great expectations for this publisher. So it's an up-and-coming nice. publisher with a really unique um, element to the game. It's very stylized. It looks interesting. Yeah. And for those yeah. who are curious, it's currently on sale for 10% off yes. on Steam and supports Linux out of the box, which is fantastic. Or as Jill would say, supports our penguins. <laughs> Out of the box. <laughs> Love nice. It. Be fun for a Steam Deck game too. Maybe while you're yeah. traveling to play something mm -hmm. a little slower pace sure. like this while you're on an airplane. I know that would be a good use case for us coming up here having to travel to scale. Yes. yes I mean, we could, since we, since we have so much time on the airplanes, we could use that to enter the AI, AI robot wrestling thing. Yeah. It's true. We could we <laughs> so could enhance the Michael AI right there, or we could just play some video games. And I like that one. Let's do that one. <laughs> fun. But you know what? When I'm traveling, one of the things that I need with me at all times is mm -hmm. access to my passwords. That's now, I'm going to set up a secure VPN. I'm going to connect to my online accounts, check my email and things, but I need my passwords for my email or maybe the Linode servers that we just set up. Maybe I want to do some tweaks while I'm waiting to fix some of the different settings and stuff by default. I need to have my passwords to get in there. You know what I use to keep my passwords safe? Bitwarden. Ah, yes. This episode of Destination Links is brought to you by Bitwarden. Get started right now with your free account at bitwarden.com slash tux. A password manager software allows you to have peace of mind knowing that your online accounts are secure. Bitwarden provides you the tools to store all your passwords in a secured vault, auto-generate those passwords and usernames for you, and even automatically fill them in. You can access your data across many types of devices, like your web browser, your mobile apps, desktop applications, or even the command line. When I'm traveling, I never connect to the airport connection there unless I had a VPN. I'll do it for that in that case, but usually just tether to my phone's mobile connection there. And right there, I have, of course, access to my web browser, Bitwarden, or if I'm just on my phone, I have access to my passwords on my actual phone itself with the Bitwarden app. You can get it everywhere, which I love, even on the command line. Bitwarden seals and encrypts your private data with end-to-end -end encryption before it ever leaves your device so you know you're the only person with access to your data. Go to bitwarden.com slash tux to get started. Get started for free. They have a $10 a year premium account that gets you a gigabyte of encrypted file storage, two-step login with YubiKey, U2F Duo, Vault Health Reports, Bitwarden Authenticator, Priority Customer Support for less than a dollar per month. Why wouldn't you sign up? Bitwarden.com slash T-U-X. Thanks again to Bitwarden for sponsoring this episode of Destination Linux. So our software spotlight this week 
is really exciting because I can't pronounce it. It's Kazakawa. And Kazakawa <laughs> Chikaka. is close, close enough. Chikaka. So I was wondering why would, you pick, why would you pick an application's name to be so almost guaranteed to mispronounce it? And the person who named this, like put a message out on a Reddit thread. The reason why they did it is because they were curious how people would pronounce this. Well, now yeah, you know. So cool. there you go. Yeah. I've So get Kazakawa. And it's basically like yep. CC Kuzukuk cleaner Skalka. for Windows. Chikafka yep. is a simple, fast, and free app he to did remove. It. Thank you. I mean, I knew it. It's just funnier Yay, to mispronounce right. it there. You knew it because really I, smart. I told Shut you. Shut up, Michael. Front. Don't be and giving away our <laughs> secrets behind the scenes. You can do this to remove unnecessary files from your computer. So CC Cleaner, if you're a Windows user, former Windows user, current Windows user is a very powerful tool. It's also dangerous. You could really break stuff with CC Cleaner if you're not paying attention to what it's removing because it's going to identify a lot of things. But here's some things that can do. It can empty folders. Finds empty folders with help of advanced algorithms. It can find huge, massive files you may have forgotten about, you may want to get rid of. Empty files, temporary files, similar images. Find images which mm -hmm. are not exactly the same, but different resolution, watermarks, those things. Similar videos. That's very cool. Looks yeah. for very similar videos. This could be helpful for my issue, by the way, of all the photo management stuff that yeah. I'm working on. Absolutely. Potentially yeah. here. Yep. And uh, similar music. So if you have a bunch of music that you've got on your computer for over the years. You might have duplicates and moving it between different drives and things it can help you with that. Invalid symbolic links, broken files, bad extensions. It's awesome, but be careful. Like CC Cleaner, it's going to list everything. You can end up deleting stuff. You, you need to be to. sure when you delete stuff that you are sure that you're deleting it. And what's cool about it is it will give you a list of things. And some of these applications, they give you a list and you're like, okay, is it okay to delete all of this stuff? In Chikafka, when you get this list, you could just choose from the list stuff that you want to remove. So yeah. you can do individually, even though it gives you the list of things that are in a big amount that that get the result, you don't have to do everything. And that is one of the reasons I wanted to promote it because I've been using Chikafka since I first heard about it and took way too much time trying to figure out how to say it because I wanted to cover it on the show. And <laughs> there's the, the big file thing has come in handy for me quite a bit because of... When we record the show, there's gigs and gigs and gigs of data. And I also make lots of backups. And sometimes I forget where I put mm -hmm. all the backups and all that yeah. sort of stuff. So this has been very useful to me in many ways. Oh, nice, Michael. I, I feel the same way. I like how it's so granular where you can go through each mm -hmm. each file. And um, I've been using uh, Chikafka, um also since it came out in 2021. Uh, but I hadn't used it in a while. And so what was so cool is when I when I launched the app image, I went and tested it with the la app image, there were lots of improvements and new features for sorting, including the similar videos feature, which I yeah, hadn't seen before. Cool. And I was really happy with that because for the same reason that Michael was happy <laughs> about it, finding duplicate files of large files, <laughs> video files, pictures, yeah. um, and everything else. And... It's and I also noticed it's much faster because now it has multi-threading support. So yes, that that's very cool. cool. So it's a combination yeah. of a cleaning app and also a deduplicator, which mm -hmm. is fantastic. So and so people probably because you know the name's weird. Let me just spell it. It's C Z K A W K A for those who want to go search for it. Yes, and, and if you would like to not search for it, which I totally understand, check out the show notes and we'll have a link to the flat pack so you can really get easy access to it. <laughs> Bingo. That's a good tip of the week, Michael. Yeah. Check the show a, notes. Check the show notes. It's a, yeah. We should actually just say, every time we get to the tip of the week, we just <laughs> say, hey, check the show check notes. The show notes. Yeah. That's all we got to say. Because there's so much in the show notes that we don't really have to talk about anything else. But we're going to anyway, because right now we're going to talk about the tip of the week. That's actually the tip this week. Have you ever typed a huge command or cut and paste something and only to realize that one section needs to be fixed? Literally every time. Every time. There's there's so many <laughs> ways to do this. You could take a notepad and just paste it in there and then go and manually change it. Or you could do it with the command line ninja approach and use TR, TR to replace any character with another character on the command line. And you can do all sorts of different parameters and modifications to make this stuff happen. So, for example, this is just an example. You'll see that in the show notes in the full thing. But if you echo Tux Digital and you only put the capital letter of T 
Then you could do pipe TR, and then you use the lower, lower and upper parameters, and then you can make Tux Digital output as a full capitalized to exp express how much you enjoy the Tux Digital network. Not just Tux Digital, it's Tux, Tux Digital. digital. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yes. This exactly. is a terrible example, Michael, of where you would use this. Completely unnecessary. That you came up with. <laughs> shut up. <laughs> but when you're doing mass, you know, you ever really truly like you cut mm -hmm. a portion of the line or in, in certain cases you're copying a command, but you need to change a little section, you know, in there sure. and replace some things that I do that constantly. Literally. There are every many time ways I'm you can use TR, up. but yeah. so t what I use TR with is a combination of other commands. So for example, if I have something that I, I, I'm using a document that has maybe like the bash history. You could mm -hmm. take some stuff and like do a trim and quickly easy get certain parts of the stuff based on the previous like grep that you use and that sort of thing. So there's many ways to use TR to sort of take something from one line of a, of a file. Like you, like you could use a, you know, pull in like an awk and get some data from it, then use cut to get rid of some some pieces of it. Then you can use trim on top of that to even you know min minimize how much is there. Like you can do many different combinations. And that's where TR is really gonna be powerful is when you combine it with the other things that you can use on the command line. Yeah. yeah, especially especially helpful when you have multiple files that you need to change the name in, <laughs> or not multiple scripts and commands. Yeah. Yeah. There's many times I've have, I've written yeah. scripts that use TR in a combination to be able yeah. to automate some stuff that I know is going to be consistent in a certain way, but I want it to take it. I want to leave it as it is on the file system, but then when I take the data and send it to another thing, I want to modify it, and you can yeah. do it on the fly with TR to do that kind of thing. Nice. And guess what, Michael? We are going to scale. If it wasn't clear in this episode, <laughs> next week we're going to be at scale. So a couple of things to note about that. <laughs> Number one is we're not going to have a show next week, but we will have content that's going oh, out. Yes. But it won't be an official <laughs> DL show because obviously we're going to be remote and things. Last time we did some live video from the booth. We also, Michael, you released an amazing, really, really well done. I hate to give you a compliment. You. It Thank really you. hurts Thank me, you. but it was really well it done. Uh, scale video recently you, so check that you. out on the michael tonnell show notes yep we'll have a link there in there it, it's really well done and gives a really nice glimpse of a portion of scale because scale this year is going to be way bigger that was the pandemic version of yeah. scale yeah that was, was the, scaled back yeah. it was yes it was scaled Literally. back. that, that was yeah. supposedly it's about a third of the size of the of this coming scale so mm -hmm. while i showed a lot of cool stuff in there they're supposed to be three times more this time mm -hmm. so i'm super excited about that and also a big thank you to the linbit company for sponsoring our trip to scale and for those who are watching the video version you may have noticed i actually have a shirt on from the Linbit company. It's the Linstore mm -hmm. shirt. And I just really love this That's design. Beautiful. Because That's for beautiful. those who do, who are curious what this is, it is Linstore and it's a cloud containers system, basically, is what they're talking about in this. I just love this. Anyway, I just wanted to thank Linbit again for sponsoring our trip to scale because uh, without them, it'd be much harder to go. And we're going to be doing a lot of stuff with Linbit. We're going to be making content with them. We're going to be I will at least be at the booth for Linbit. We'll see if they allow Ryan to show up. Maybe, we don't maybe know not. yet. They might have better taste than allow me to come. But, you know, one of the cool things is come talk to us. Come hang out with us. Yeah. Don't be afraid if you know us there at, at Scale to come talk. Uh, It'll be the best time of your life. But it will you have be. to talk yeah. to Michael and me, too. You can't just <laughs> talk not to just Jill. Jill. Yes, there are yes. rules. Like last year, we created rules, and you all followed the rules that you had to get Michael and me to autograph first. That. We appreciate that. And the same rules apply this scale. If you want Jill's autograph, which who doesn't, you have to go to Michael and me first. She will not sign it unless she sees that we're uh, signed up above. Right, Jill? Yes. yes. Correct. And, yes. Okay, and, good. And, the, and for those who are curious, how do we prove this? Well, you you basically bring the same piece of paper that you get her autograph, and or you could get a stamp on your wrist, like at a club, that shows that we got we signed. <laughs> Jill has a secret decoder. Exactly. That, yeah, it's actually it's a it's a it's a glow in the dark thing, so you don't see it typically. Yeah. She just kind of hovers over and like, okay, you, you, you've got it. Or you could use the post-it note like Cheese Bacon did last year. The, the post-it <laughs> note was very clever. Yes, very. Our clever. System Seventy Six crew. So, um, also you could use the promo code uh, TUX on the first page of scale registration to get fifty percent off your scale pass. Woohoo! 
That's right. <laughs> That's amazing. Just listening to the show, you get 50% off scale yes. tickets. Another reason why listening to the show is worth it. Yeah. There's so many thousands of reasons. But that one. There's another one right <laughs> there. another one right there. Yeah. And uh, Scale is always looking for volunteers. Uh, just fill out the Scale 20X volunteer information form in the show notes, and it's never too late to apply, I've been told. <laughs> so. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> and we're going to have lots of fun at the event. We've got some, we've got a giveaway there, which will be really cool. We're going to have some really mm -hmm. cool things at our booth. So make sure you come check out our booth and get some of the swag that we have as well. This is unique swag that nobody else can get anywhere else unless you're actually at this event. So some pretty cool stuff to get your hands in there. And that's it. Next week, we're going to be at scale. So a big thank you to each and every one of you for supporting us by watching or listening to Destination Linux. Without you, this none of this would matter or be possible. Like We'd just be going to scale as regular people. But now we get to go to scale and have booths. And yeah. I know. We get to know Jill and hang out with Jill and <laughs> basically steal, sit in Jill's spotlight and steal some of it. <laughs> And we, we get, to get we get to just pretend that we are are important because we're right next to Jill. We're next right to Jill. You know, yeah, exactly. It's, it's so it's so good. I, I it's it's such a good time pretending to be important. Oh, and what's really cool is our text digital booth is going to be right next door to my Linux Chicks LA booth. So we'll that's how we pretend fun. to be important is we're right yeah. next to Linux Chicks LA. We know where to put our booth. We're pretty exactly. smart that way. <laughs> Uh, you can join us, talk about it. You'll see pictures and stuff we may post throughout the event on our Discord. So go to tuxdigital.com slash Discord. We'll randomly upload some things there. And also, hopefully, we can go live as well. And if you want to watch this show live, you become a patron of Destination Linux because our patrons get to be in the new virtual Jitsi Linode Stadium uh -huh. that's out there. And that's because they're patrons. So they get that special exactly. access to watch this get recorded live. Yeah, and also in addition to that, our patrons get access to unedited versions of the show. If you are not a patron, you cannot watch the unedited version. You can only watch it if you become a patron. And there's so much extra content in this episode every single time that you don't want to miss, but you're going to miss unless you become a patron. So do that by going to tuxdigital.com slash contribute and join us in the patron-only post show. That's right. After every episode of the show, we have a patron-only post show where we hang out with the patrons in our 60,000-square-foot digital stadium immediately following every show. So tuxdigital.com slash contribute. Also, go right now to the tuxdigital.com slash store. You can click on the store link by going to just tuxdigital.com, but you can also just type that in directly to tuxdigital.com slash store and pick up some great swag. We have t-shirts, hoodies, mugs, hats, stickers, coasters, so much cool stuff that you will never run out of ideas to get awesome swag. So do that right now, tuxdigital.com slash store. And we might have a special. I know Ryan said that you can only get certain stuff at scale. But yeah. if you're a patron, okay, there may be a point where you can get, even if you can't go to scale, you might have an opportunity to get some cool scale stuff. So Yay. be sure to check out oh. Becoming a Patron because there's so many great perks. I'm signing up right now. Exactly. You should. <laughs> That's weird, but you should. <laughs> Yay. And, and make sure to check out all our amazing shows here on Text Digital that are also going to be represented represented at Scale20x. We have the Pseudo Show, This Week in Linux, the DOS Geek Channel, Linux Out Loud, Hardware Addicts, GameSphere, and our virtual Linux user group, Linux Saloon. And everyone head to textdigital.com and subscribe to all these incredible shows. And don't forget to leave a rating on your favorite app so others can discover the power of open source and keep those penguins marching and the full Monty of Linux and open source awesome sauce. And since you made it to the end of the show and you didn't bug out while we were doing the end part, I'm going to give you a little secret at scale. If you want to get in on our giveaway, you show us you're subscribed. That's how you get your entry ticket in. Yes! So go ahead and subscribe right now and then you'll be one of the first ones to get a ticket. And you know, usually when you're doing the grab bag, that first ticket, if you're one of the first ones, it's same odds as everyone else, but still. <laughs> That's very true. That's like, I was like, where are you going with this? <laughs> All right, everybody. Have a great week. And remember, the journey itself is just as important as the destination. Aww. Thanks, everyone. We love we'll you see all. you next week. We love you. We love your faces. <laughs> We're going to see them soon. Some of them. <laughs> Some person. Yep. <laughs>